Welcome to another episode of the Halal Travel Podcast. You're listening to me, Hazira Rada Nurul. Um, we hope you're well and that um, you're enjoying the second season so far. Anyways, on this episode, we have someone very special, someone very bold at some point. <laughs> um, so, on most days, she puts on the hospital scrubs and calls herself a speech therapist, helping patients with speech difficulties. She serves stroke patients, uh, patients with dementia, patients with Parkinson. Uh, and on some days, she's also a hijabi model. She started out modeling with her for her cousin's fashion line called Luli Selp, uh, which is a local hijab brand in Singapore. And she was also recently featured as the first hijabi in Singapore's Vogue magazine. So today we have Fahima on this podcast. Hello. Hi, guys. It's Fahima. Famous. So... Uh, Fahima, tell us more about yourself. Like, what's your day-to-day or like um, more about your life? Okay. So, on a daily basis, I work in a local hospital um, and I see a caseload of, um, you know, I do many different things at work. Um, I look at patients with swallowing difficulties, patients with communication difficulties, and I assess them and I give them therapy. So that's my day and week in a nutshell. <laughs> I've got something to ask actually. Like mm. just now Hazira during her, the, the introduction, she was mentioning that you wear hospital scrubs. Is that true? Yeah, I do wear hospital scrubs. Oh really? Like yeah. um, you know when you watch a lot of the movies or the drama mm-hmm. series, all you have you, when you see like the psychiatrist or like the therapist, they usually wear their own clothes. So mm. that's quite cool. Um, we used to wear our own clothes and then uh, they switched over to wearing scrubs, uh, which is great because I don't have to think about what I need to wear. Um, yeah, and you don't get your nice clothes dirty, you just get your scrubs dirty. Yeah, it's quite a hands on job. I get a lot of people, like, you know, I deal with a lot of um mucus and a lot of like saliva and all of these things. So, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I actually also heard in like another podcast that you did, like speech therapy is not just about you know voice or like how to say something. It's also like trying to dig out someone's no, no. something from someone's no. mouth. No. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I think I might have like uh, misled. Swallowing is right, but okay. it's not about digging things out of people's mouth. So <laughs> oh when you swallow, and if you can't swallow and you can't clear the things in your mouth, then I'll dig it out loud, obviously. So, you know, all of the. Yeah, but it's not that I go digging people's mouths. I look at their mouths like after they eat and see that. You know, everything is clear, uh, that they've cleared mm-hmm. and, you know, everything, when they are swallowing, they are doing it safely. So, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of a thing. It's not like I go around and say like, oh, do you still have things inside your mouth? La? Let me take it out for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What treasures are going to find mm-hmm. in, someone's, in someone's throat today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool. Okay, so, um, and on... 
some days you're also a hijabi model mm-hmm. and i think a lot of the brands are local brands uh that you model that you model for Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, mostly local brands. Oh, uh, actually, I have done a stint with Uniqlo, but it was also still like Uniqlo Singapore, lah. Oh, yeah. Is it the it's Hana like, Tajima? Yeah, it was the Hana Tajima collection. Like, it wasn't really a modeling thing. It was more of like a, um, a like they call it like a a feature thing, like. They wanted like normal okay, everyday okay. people to wear the clothes, and then uh, uh, yeah, right. but it, but it was featured in uh, Uniqlo. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it was still That's like cool. Uniqlo Singapore lah. Mm. Mm. Just like wondering, like what? Just like <laughs> I'm just gonna quickly ask a question, like what are some of the challenges that you experience as a model? Because I don't think uh, it's that easy to be a hijabi model in Singapore, to be honest. Yeah, it's not. Mm. Well, firstly, like I would say that the demand is not that you know there's not much of a demand per se. I always yeah. say that you can put on a headscarf on anyone but you can't take off a headscarf from someone who actually wears the hijab for you know um, modesty purposes um, that said I think the demand is one of the things I think uh, payment and you know people wanting to collaborate uh, all of these things uh, are words that are used very loosely to mean like, well, you do mm-hmm. the work for free. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think like in terms of charges and everything, um, you, I, I don't think I'm as, um, as, a, as expensive as a, an agency model. I'm not too sure. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think all of those things considered. Yeah. But I would say that the main challenge is actually um, the demand, the demand for like modest fashion models, especially in non, um, non-Muslima brands, you know, things that are more mainstream, like they don't really look for a hijabi model, not usually anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I guess mm-hmm. is why this book thing is big because they are so mainstream. Yeah. They are like big and they, wanted to work with a hijabi model. Yeah. Were you were you shocked by the reception that that you got and the response that you got from that what you did with uh, Vogue Singapore? Yeah, like like I was just telling a few other people, it's like the thing is big for me, but I like, you know, obviously it's mm-hmm. like, oh my god, book wants to work with me, but like I think what is <laughs> yeah. What I didn't expect is that the reception and I didn't expect it to mm-hmm. go somewhat viral as well. If you So mm-hmm. um, with regards to this video, um, Vogue actually released uh, three videos in total to build up the launch of um, their, you know, their coming, yeah, their magazine, magazine uh, or their entry into Singapore. Um, and I think like, of the three videos, like mine is the most watched, like, like I, 
like by a lot. Like, wow. Yeah, so I didn't yeah. expect that reception as well. And I think I had a lot of the support from the Malay Muslim community as well as like people who are, you know, just very progressive and think that it's time that um, Muslim yeah. women or modest women or, you know, someone who represents modesty be featured in... Um, in the mainstream fashion landscape. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I remember seeing that that video and I just felt so represented mm. and just felt I felt quite proud to have someone that looked similar to how I did on such a big name <laughs> brand and I forwarded that to Hazira I was like do you think she would agree to be on our uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, okay we need to I have like, her <laughs> just try just try yeah um <laughs> yeah I had, I had a lot of uh, messages um in the week um after the video yeah. was released and I was just like quite overwhelmed in general. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had a lot of uh, girls coming, uh, telling me that they felt really inspired. They felt really represented. They felt really proud. And yeah. and that was really encouraging for me because I, I, mm-hmm. you know, I did it for myself, man. Like, come on. Exactly. Precisely. But, but to know that it impacted people in a different way, I think um, mm. that adds a whole level of meaning to it. Um, mm. That and that makes it priceless, you know. Mm. I was gonna say, I think one of the things that impacted me the most is that you're not insta famous. Mm. You know, like I've always thought, like okay, kalau if a Muslimah in Singapore, if you want to be a model, you need to be insta-famous because that's how you get the crowd. That's how you get people to notice you. But the fact that Vogue came to you and and Instagram is not, I don't, at least I don't think it's something, it's not one of the factors why they chose you. Mm. It's because you're a legit model. I think that's pretty admirable. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. I actually asked the girl who casted me and uh I said, How did you find me? And she was like, Ah, oh, you know, I just had you saved in one of you know, I just saved people like and then I just felt like hmm, I think you're you're yeah. the one that I want to use this time around. And um I think I I don't market myself as uh, like an influencer or mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or anything like that. I mean, if it happens or it, or if it you know if if I get more following or whatever, then that's good. But I I've always been clear that I want to market myself more as a as a model because I think um, I I don't think there are many of us out there. Uh, especially mm-hmm. in yeah. Singapore, um, who who kind of meet agency standards of what a model is. Um, although I think mm-hmm. that even that definition is a little bit outdated, Like you know, um, if we think about diversity, then then of course maybe there should be diversity in sizes. Yeah. You know, not just um, race or like um, color, religious diversity mm-hmm. it, it should be a, a different level of diversity and I don't think like in terms of agency models like they are taking on like as many um, plus sized or you know shorter models yeah. but but yeah so I've always and we're coming back like I've always marketed myself more as as a model because 
I wanted to be seen as a model. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, so I'm not in. I'm not into famous. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> You're right. <I'm> not, <laughs> but yeah, but I did gain mm-hmm. like a huge following after that. It was strange. Famous lah. Sekarang. I still walk around normally. It's not like, you know, I have to cover my face or anything like that. Like, oh my God, stop it guys. Paparazzi everywhere. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Actually, how do you um, start out being like a model? That's a mm. interesting story. Okay, so I started out um, more... I, uh, okay, so my cousin, um, the one who who runs Louis Selp, she was a fashion design student, uh, and you know, fashion design students will need models for mm-hmm. or you know, uh, just someone to use for their ph- photographs and all of that stuff. So I started out modeling for her when I was eighteen. Um, I've always been told that. Um, uh, like oh you know you should do modeling because you're you're on the tall side and uh, and all that stuff um, but even though I wasn't um, like I mean at that time when I was 18 I wasn't wearing a headscarf but you know like mm. I had a dress code that my parents would you know enforce mm. so like I even though I could do modeling I just knew that I I couldn't wear like, you know, sleeveless tops or like shorts or like short mini skirts. So I never pursued it like, you know, through the mainstream way. Uh, Anyway, Mm -hmm. fast forward to when uh, my cousin started her brand. Uh, Again, she needed a model and she needed someone to use. And I was, of course, happy to just do that modeling. I mean, over the years, like from that time to the time that she actually started her brand, um... I have done a, a bit of modeling here and there, but it's not like it's not like big things. It's just like you know, just little 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 things. If they wouldn't even be considered experiences, like it would just be like, oh, my friend needs a model, like you know, then I'll just like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, I can I can do a little bit of that for them now. Um, yeah, and then um, yeah, so when she started her brand and her brand. Um, grew as her brand grew because she used me for almost every single single campaign at the start mm-hmm. um, my name um, I became quite known as well and she would use me for her campaigns and she would also use me like if she had shows so I was kind of like a, a familiar face for the Luli Self crowd um, and then subsequently I decided to take it a little bit further and I decided to look for like some Facebook groups where they were looking for people to collaborate with and I met mm-hmm. uh, a photographer who was actually um, he is actually a what do you call it a, a stock photo mm-hmm. photographer so if you actually uh, mm-hmm. go to like Getty Images or if you go into like some of this um, like stock photo um, we can find you. Yeah. So like I Shutterstock. Yeah, Shutterstock. Unsplash. Sorry. Yeah, not Unsplash, but I think I'm on Shutterstock. <laughs> I'm on uh, Pexels. <laughs> so if you just like uh, mm, Google like mm. Hijabi or like uh, Turban or something like that, like I'll be one of those, one of the pictures that 
um, will appear. And then I have mm. friends who send me like, um, you know, photos of my stock photos and then I'll just post them on my stories. So like my champ, hey, I, I appeared here. Or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the other time my friend saw me on a billboard in Malaysia and then like uh, somebody saw me in like uh, UAE punya ad and the Saudi wow. punya ad. Like, international. Wow. <laughs> international but unknown. <laughs> and free, tak bayar. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, really? Yeah, yeah. It was... Um, yeah. It was oh. yeah, like I said, it was a collaborative shot, and I I think I needed I think at that time I needed photos as well to just establish myself mm. a little bit better and just said well, why not I did but mm. I didn't know how it it would be received and I didn't know how it would yeah. you know how it would take off but yeah I've seen myself in Nexus I've seen myself in U Mobile mm. so. <laughs> Yeah, but they are not brands that I've worked with, you know. They are just brands where yeah, 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 uh, yeah, downloaded sure. my photos. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm looking at it. Would you do it again? Um, I would, but you know, this time I will probably ask for payment. Of course, of course. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I mean, you learn from yeah, it in a way. Precisely. Nice. Also, I think one of the things that we saw that you do very actively is travel. Not anymore because of COVID. But yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> do you do you actually have plan had plans to travel like during this period and then it got cancelled or something? Uh I mean when I plan I never plan like with tickets and everything. My plan is more of like, hmm, maybe I should go to Italy this year or hmm, maybe I should go to I think I did think about Italy. I had a friend who um whose brother was getting married to a Moroccan and then they were gonna have a like a mm. wedding in Morocco and I was like, hmm, maybe I should take along. Like, you know, there were all these little little ideas in my head. But they never came into fruition, so it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I do. I do love to travel. Um, what are uh, what are some of the which are like places like just to like see like what kind of traveler you are? Which are you uh, like? Okay, I like I like a little bit more exotic destination so that you know when you mm. tell your colleagues like oh I'm going on a holiday to here it's not like Australia or Japan or <laughs> Hong Kong and Taiwan uh-uh. um, but I do love KL so KL is somewhere mm. that I love ju- to just go back to just for the food just for to shop um, yeah. but the places that I have been to that I've really enjoyed is um, Turkey, Sri Lanka. Um, I I think my last holiday was Bali, which I really enjoyed as well. Uh, that's really that's quite typical. Um, yeah, but I have actually lived in India for six months when I was in uni, and I did a little bit of an exchange. So India was really interesting mm-hmm. as well. Um, and I also, like when I was studying speech therapy, I did that in Australia. So I was living there for two years and we did little, little trips around Australia and that was fun as well. Um, yeah, mm. I've been to Morocco. I've been to Spain as well. So, yeah. 
The Halal Travel Podcast is brought to you by Halal Trip. Halal Trip is an online travel platform catered to the needs of Muslim travelers. This is the place to go for Halal Travel info to help you plan your next trip. On Halal Trip, we create content like articles, videos, and even free travel guides just for you. So on our website, you'll find places to go, nearest prayer spaces, and of course, Halal restaurants. Also, did you know that we have the world's first ever in-flight calculator? Now visit our website at halaltrip.com for more information. Download our app available on both Google Play and of course, App Store. I see. It's so cool how you actually have lived in India for six months, which I think is a really long time. Um, how was your India experience like? Oh, that was like that was in 2008 yeah 2009 2008 maybe 11 years ago um, it was um, I think it was eye opening you see a very different lifestyle from yours um, you mm-hmm. see a, de- a, very, a very diverse culture I think one of my favourite memories of uh, India is like when I went um like, you know, I was, okay, so I was doing internship there uh, and I was late for work and I was like, what is causing this traffic jam? And then I, oh, mm-hmm. it's an elephant. Okay, sure, that's, that's just, must <laughs> well, great. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's just an elephant on the road. That's why, that's why it's blocking traffic. Wow, okay. Um, yeah, but India <laughs> is really, um, you do get, like, different feel and you know so when we were in India we took uh, like a trip down to so I was in a place called Pune Um, so over the weekends I would actually take a bus up to Mumbai and then that's like my you know like my shopping and my food place it's like my KL equivalent Um, and then I took like maybe two trips down to Goa Uh, I've been to Agra and then we went Mm. to Kashmir as well Um, so it was like I mean um, I went to Delhi as well and it was all like more I guess it was more North India and I haven't been to South India Mm -hmm. and I think that the culture would be totally different and the lifestyle I mean not totally different but I think like the feel like um, like the experiences that you will get will be fairly different and the scenery that you will get will also be different yeah Mm. Mm. you travel with like friends around India yeah so there were like nine of us who went on internship so at the end of our internship like mm-hmm. all of us traveled together and I think like when we had oh, public fine. holidays we would actually try to travel together as well or at least it would be a group of us lah. Mm. yeah but okay. those were interesting times I was gonna ask you who was safe when you ask a question like whether a place is safe like at the end of the day like nowhere is going to feel as safe as Singapore, you know? Yeah. Um, Mm. Of course, like, sometimes I did feel like maybe the place is not safe or, like, or even, like, the way they Mm -hmm. drive, you also feel, like, not safe. Mm. (laughs) You know, it's not just, like, whether it's safe for a woman or Mm -mm. or anything like that. Um, But 
I did take some risky behaviors. So there was a time mm-hmm. when um, this was uh, okay. So there was a time when the tuk tuk drivers, so the rickshaw drivers, they were they went on strike. So when they go on strike, they were like put the they were so the people who actually are working will really jack up the prices because a whole bunch of them okay. are on strike. So there are only very few rickshaws who are actually like mm. in service law. So yeah. I had a male colleague who actually said like, hey, you know, like you can actually like hitch a ride with some of the government cars. And how do you identify a government car is if it's like a white plate or something like that. Like if it has a, okay, for, just for example, I cannot remember, but if it has a white plate, it means it's a government car and you can just like hail it. And then you tell the driver where you want to go and you just tip. You just take mm. him. Okay. And then I, being a cheapo and a student <laughs> in terms budget, of which it was actually quite good for like India, India salary. Anyway, I could have afforded that price hike, but I decided to like hitch a ride <laughs> like just to, like government car. So when I told like one of my local Indian friends, like he was so freaking mad. Like he was like, oh my oh. God, do you know that people get killed here? Do you know that, you know, that, do you know my, I had a, co- I had a colleague who just died from like being raped. Like, do, oh my God. do not do that. And, don't do that again. Text me when you get home and blah blah blah. And yeah, I was like, okay. Yeah, but it wasn't it the person. It wasn't the person who told you no, to do no, it. No, no, no. The person who told me to do it was like my colleague. Irresponsible, eh? I guess I don't know. I was just like, oh my god. I was, I was just cheapo. I was like, hey, I always pay seventy rupees. No, you want me to pay like don't know what? Then I was like. It's a matter of principle, you know, yes, even though exactly, like, precisely yeah, it's a matter of principle. Yeah. Even though you convert to Singapore dollars, it's not that expensive, but it's still a matter yeah, of principle. Yeah, it's always a matter of principle. It's just like, how, how, how can you charge me this much? <laughs> yeah, so that's okay. the. Oh my god, I cannot imagine yeah. hitching a ride. It's just the feeling yeah. of like being in someone else's car and like just putting it to trust that. He's going to take you to your destination. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know what? The car was air-conditioned. It okay. was clean. And I paid less than what I would have paid the rickshaw. Yeah, like. like I just <laughs> Yeah, but I, I was lucky. I was lucky I got yeah. it safe. But you know what? Like, the rickshaw driver can have ill intentions. Mm, yeah. Yeah. they can also have ill intentions yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. anyone can have an ill intention like you know recently in the news like the grab driver got into like you know like was taking advantage of a patient uh, a patient like, you know, <laughs> a passenger give a word yeah yeah that's true that's yeah. true I mean like yeah I, I, I understand what you say like being safe if the country is safe it's really even Singapore, you know, you call it a safe country. It can just happen to anyone if you're unlucky. Um, but if you're traveling in a group anywhere, I think generally it's a lot safer. I just have to kind of take 
proper precautions wherever you go just to be aware of your surroundings uh, just be hypersensitive of where you put your stuff um, mm, yeah, yeah I know we're just like so used to like choking with our bags and our phones yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like just like keep a side eye on that but like you know it doesn't work anywhere else mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's true mm, doesn't yeah. yeah what are what are some other like exotic places yang you pernah pergi oh I forgot to mention Sri Lanka did I say Sri Lanka just now? oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Sri Lanka is very exotic yes. as well uh, we went on a safari. I hear amazing things about it yeah it's really nice you should go it's beautiful um, is it oh my god I thought Honestly, okay, when it comes to like, uh, I'll be honest, like when it comes to like India or like Sri Lanka or like all this macam Indonesia, I always feel like uh, it's a lot harder to travel there because uh, I don't know where to get the transport. You know, there's no like, much like for Singapore, it's like Grab, I would think it's like trustable. But when it comes to like Sri Lanka, India, Indonesia, sometimes also No, I think Malaysia is still quite fine but I think this destination is a bit difficult for me to like transport myself around <laughs> is it is it correct transport yourself around <laughs> macam teleport eh gitu <laughs> uh, you can get like you know that kind of like the cars that will you can hire for a day and you can see like oh, drivers, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. the reputation of the driver like you know you know like people recommend recommend like that Mm. Yeah. Mm. You have Gojek 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 Why does that sound weird? I don't know why Gojek in Indonesia mm. Azira Gojek Yes Go- Gojek I don't know why it yeah. sounds weird when I say it but It's, it's life changing <laughs> Oh yeah? Oh, but like if you, if you are in Bali Have you guys been to Bali? Yeah, I have. And you know, like no, yes. they have this like um, the blue blue taxi or something like that. Yeah, right? like the they meter. they have like a a local Bluebird. war, like a local war with the Gojek drivers or like Grab oh, or something yeah. like that. So like yeah, yeah, if yeah. you take, then they will like say like oh uh, I cannot drop you off here. I need to drop you off like somewhere far away so that I won't get into trouble with the local taxis yeah. or something like that yes it happened it happens in like uh, Jakarta also actually the bigger mm. cities and then sometimes you, I saw there was one time I saw like uh, all the Gojek drivers were were kind of on strike and there was a whole group of them outside somewhere mm-hmm. and sometimes the, the taxis would just like horn at you if they know you're a private hire you're in a private hire car if you're a yeah. private hire car It gets but quite scary. It's true, but like at the same time, they need to understand why we are not taking them. <laughs> it's like yeah. why is Gojek and all these Grab services more popular than the local the taxi? Choice, yeah, is because we trust the pricing. We don't feel cheated. Like it's yep. upfront. Mm-hmm. Like they yep. already, yep. You know, I know what I'm paying, and I'm not like yep. being mm-hmm. taken for a ride. I mean, yes, for a ride, but not. That kind of right, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, but not intended. But, not intended, right? <laughs> but yeah, so like you know, they need to know why. Why? Why, why are we taking all yeah. this grab? I mean, okay, in Singapore, it's, it's like you know, when I can't get a grab or a Gojek at a reasonable price, it's like yeah, I go and take a taxi, right? 
because it's mm. it's a it's mm. a viable alternative. It's but in places like Indonesia, you you just feel like oh my god, if I take a you know whatever, yeah. 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 Recently, I went it's to true. Ireland as well. Like last year, I was in Ireland and um, I went to UK. Um, that's quite mm. a like it's a different scene, I guess. But I have friends there, and I usually go where I have friends because then I get a local. Mm, like a local guy. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yes, correct. Mm. You get to see fun. all the non. Yeah, you get to see all the non-touristy sites and see how the locals live there, right? Yeah, precisely. I mean, I don't mind touristy things as well. Like, I don't mind. Like, I think sometimes it can be quite fun. But, like, you get, uh, like, someone telling you, ah, this thing is worth it. Or this this touristy experience is, like, uh, a bit nonsense. I don't need to try. (laughs) (laughs) How is it like, actually, in Ireland? I've not heard anybody actually traveling to Ireland from my several friends um Ireland is kind of uh laid back and um you see lots of uh greeneries um I went to a place called Aran Islands I think um and it's very like cottages and then like we cycle around on like little slopes and hills um uh, there's a lot of um macam caves caves pula macam cliffs uh rocky cliffs mm-hmm. um quite interesting like it's not unlike anything that i've seen elsewhere like in terms of the landscape and the scenery um, and then my friends took me uh, to see like um, the traditional Irish dancing. So we we did like um, mm. a little bit of Dublin, like the city life, which is kind of similar yeah. to London. And then uh, we went to my friend's hometown of uh, Galway, um, and that that was when we saw the traditional Irish dancing. Um, mm-hmm. Then we went to the Aran Islands. That's when we saw like the scenery. Uh, what else did I do? Oh, okay. Something that's actually very interesting. Um, I don't. Uh, I I don't know if you guys. Um, did you guys do like social studies? And then there was that that whole like North Ireland and yes, Ireland yes. stuff. The Protestants so, and the British the, something. The IRA and all of that stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So I actually went up to Northern Ireland. Um, so we did a little bit of a day trip to Northern Ireland and we did like a, a taxi cab tour where we actually look at what, like, you know, all the, like what the conflict was like as told by the, the tour guide, like from a, from, I guess, like a more Irish perspective. Um and then we would visit like some of the shrines, some of the uh, different murals that were painted, and then we would see like some of the walls that were built and how how it was segregated mm-hmm. and how some parts are still a little bit like there, there's some segregation in some parts as well. Um, yeah, so that was a very interesting tour. Um, oh, I had no idea that they had like a wall to separate the two um, pieces. No, no, no. It's more of like uh, the living areas. Like it's, oh, I see. it's not like a, like a literal wall. Like it's not like a, 
Berlin Wall, but it's just like, okay, this is the area of the mm-hmm. these people, and then this is mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like your neighborhood is like much um this is a fairly like Catholic neighborhood or this is a more Protestant neighborhood. Oh my god! Like I actually think all the information is murky in my head, <laughs> so I don't. I cannot really. I'm not really specific, and I think that I might be wrong about some of the things that I'm remembering. But yeah, I just remember the experience to be really interesting and quite an eye-opening uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. Like you will see like the bullet holes and all of that stuff, like in the walls. Mm. Oh, yeah. you can still see it. Yeah, they 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 preserve it, or oh, they will cool. they will glorify some of uh certain heroes and then some heroes are like like IRA heroes and then some people are actually like the Catholic yeah. hero, uh, sorry the Protestant heroes and like it's trying to give you just an idea about the conflict I guess mm. yeah yeah I think it's actually very interesting I, now that you reminded me of the social study that we learn right mm-hmm. now I'm interested to go to Ireland to just experience how what we learn and see it for myself because like you know when you're reading a book or reading history it's all just words and you're just imagining it but when you're going there and you actually experience the whole entire atmosphere then you can sort of like put yourself into um, the past history and then imagine how it was like in the past because it was quite like a similar experience for me as well when I went to um, see the Berlin Wall um, mm. and, and we went to all the concentration camps and then it was very saddening la, to see how these conflicts can arise to such mass destruction mm. Mm. exactly and this one would be more in Northern Ireland which is considered UK and not like Europe so yeah, I, I I strongly encourage you to see the tour. It's called the Black Cap Tours, I think. If I remember correctly, mm-hmm. la. Okay. Just bring the okay. like wow. <laughs> Do you experience like mm, racial discrimination or something because wearing the hijab? Like have you experienced those kind of things? That's a very um, interesting question, I would say. I think at the back of my mind, I always feel afraid of being mm-hmm. racially discriminated, but I haven't had any like really bad experiences of being uh, racially discriminated. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, um, I don't know if it's because I'm always accompanied by locals or... Um, actually, like, I've walked around London by myself. And, you know, like, London is so diverse. London is, like, a melting pot. Mm. Um, I have... Oh, no, wait. When I was in the US, I was not wearing a headscarf, so that doesn't... Um, <laughs> it doesn't count. It doesn't count. That doesn't count. Um, yeah, I actually do not... I don't remember any specific incident and I did live in Australia for two years and of which one of the years I actually wore my headscarf because I started wearing my headscarf when I was in Australia um but oh nice cool specifically like like oh my god I remember being discriminated this badly or anything I have people Mm. who have said um kind of more um, ignorant comments, but mm-hmm. nothing that mm-hmm. is like 
scary like I'm being discriminated and like I feel like I'm being attacked racially um, I remember there was this patient that I worked with when I was in Australia and he said uh, he was like oh what are you studying and like um, you must be really highly educated where you come from and then I was like uh, no <laughs> I was like <laughs> he was like oh where are you from I was like oh, I'm from Singapore. And then he was like, oh, okay. I, I don't know whether he knows where, where Singapore is. <laughs> He's an older, like, mm-hmm. Australian gentleman. And then he said, um, oh, I, I thought you came from Egypt. And I was like, oh, Egyptian <laughs> women are also highly educated. So, <laughs> yeah, I was more like, hmm. Uh, I get it, get it. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess he's old, right? He is. Yeah, he's an elderly gentleman. and So, like, perhaps that could be a factor. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, you don't need to, like, comment on your kunonas. Like, <laughs> you kunonas! Kunonas, yes. <laughs> nice. I think it's so cool how you actually started to wear the hijab in Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what was the thing that made you change? Uh, I mean, if it's okay to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, that was like, how many years ago was that? Mm, 2013, years ago. Um, I think, I think I've always wanted to, um, or rather like I always know at the back of my mind that uh, it would be something that I wanted to practice at some point in my life and I always imagined that it would be after I got married like you know um, because then I would you know off the market but (laughs) but then I thought about it and I thought like I really did not want people commenting like oh you're wearing it for your dad oh oh did your father force mm. you to wear this oh did your husband force yeah. you to wear this oh like why you wear your husband asked you to wear is it like i didn't want <laughs> any of that comment so i was uh-huh. completely you know away from family i mean i, I did live with my aunt but you know i was you know, mm-hmm. i didn't have my dad with me telling me like pakai la tudung or like you know, i didn't have a husband <laughs> to actually say um, to dictate but I, I guess that's not that's just one aspect of the reason um, another reason was that it was also around the time when Dina Tokyo entered into the scene and she made the hijab okay. and you uh-huh. look at her and you're like I can do uh-huh. this like you know like this mm-hmm. is relatable like she still looks stylish I would like to look like that and she looks really, really modest as well. So I think mm-hmm. um, she and the likes of um, Amina Kin, you know, they they really like entered into the scene, and it was uh, it was an eye opener. Like it was really like the start of hijab fashion, and it was really like you know I would say that she's like the mm-hmm. pioneer of modest uh, hijab fashion. Uh, Dina. True, true, and. Um, she made the hijab cool and all of us are just copycats after that and then we (laughs) we decided like oh okay I get the concept and I'm going to like try and replicate what what would Dina do like you know something like that Mm -hmm. Um, the other reason was I was hanging out with um, a lot of um, 
um, Muslim girls. And then when I entered the surah, I'll be like the only person who tak pakai tudung. So there's a little bit of that peer pressure as well. But uh-huh. I, I attended a talk. Um, and the person was like saying like, uh, what would you do differently if Rasulullah SAW was still living in our time? And then I think at that time, I, I it was really, for me, it was my dressing. And then I, I said, okay, maybe I will, I will, I will change that. Uh, you know, if, for maybe if you are someone who, you know, um, like, you know, so, some people would say like, oh, maybe that's my eating habits or like, oh, maybe that's like how I treat people. And I think that question was really general. But for me, I said like, oh, maybe it's my dressing. So that's when I actually decided like that would have been the turning point. And after I attended that talk, I just went like, okay, you know what? I'll just wear my headscarf. If I've been thinking about it so much, mm-hmm. like just my yeah. Angela. I think I was like kind of like dabbling with the idea like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't want to it. I have I have no one yet like you know will I be off the mountain <laughs> so, yeah understand uh, do you think if you were in Singapore um, you would actually you know um, experiment with how you wear the hijab um, because like I like for me especially if I were to travel or like I stay overseas and without the noise from other people, I can just experiment without judgment. Because most of these people, I I will not see anymore. Uh, like any, yeah, mm. anymore. Yeah, that's a fair just point. Wondering. I think you are right. I think the fact that I had the freedom to experiment, I've never thought about that. No, uh, I'm, um, yeah, it was probably like the fact that I had no pressure at all from anyone, mm. and you know, if I decided to wear it mm. or whether or not I like decide to wear it one day and take it off the next day, like mm. nobody would actually bat an eyelid. I think that mm. would have probably helped in the entire process as well. Yeah, I did have this um, cosmate of mine make a very like you know coming back to that discrimination question. Like she actually said like after I put on the headscarf she was talking with a bunch of uh, people, like my friend overheard it, like one of my friends was like sitting in the library and then this girl was like asking another girl like, oh, did you see like, you know, Fahima was like wearing a headscarf and stuff and then um, the, then this other girl was like saying, oh, that's oh, probably because she got engaged or something. I was like, eh, long skin. There's always something. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, mean, I, I didn't I didn't experience it but as in like I wasn't there listening to it but when I heard mm-hmm. it I was like my chum It's true. I think a lot a lot of that happened to people who pakai tudung like uh, wear the hijab at a later stage of their life. Like for me I think I started wearing the hijab like it's very very young and I was thinking to myself just talking to my cousin like how it would have been so difficult for me to start wearing the hijab when I think I look nice which is at the age of like 18 or 19 you know like if I were to start wearing the hijab at the age of 18 or 19 it's gonna be a huge challenge um, mm-hmm. but yeah I think 
uh, I think it's really cool how some people are actually strong enough to make that change in this part yeah. of their life. Yeah, I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, like, it's still mm. a challenge, like, you know, some days you're like, oh my god, good hair day, but... <laughs> especially <laughs> after the salon visit, right? Mm, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like, but yeah i mean it's still a challenge uh and but it's i guess it at the end of the day it's a commitment you know i think mm. as with all commitments it's like you know when you think about being committed to your job or being committed to your relationships or your marriages or whatever it's like it's still a challenge you know sometimes you feel like hey i want to quit my job like hey oh my god i want to leave this man or whatever but mm. you know, you're still committed to it all those are like whispers of sitan okay so if you could turn back time uh, to a certain phase in your life doesn't matter which what age the certain phase of your life what would it be and like what would you tell yourself um, I would like to turn back time to I guess um, somewhere where there were no more you know probably just uh, maybe in the last 10 years or so um, not that I've had any regrets to date um, but, you know, um, I would say that I would tell myself, I, I don't have, no, wait, I'm not answering your question. Yeah, probably <laughs> the, at a point in my time where there was no more exams, so I can redo all of that stuff. I don't, I don't want to redo any exams, like I'm done, I'm done with school. <laughs> but at a time when, you know, you're just starting to discover new things about yourself, and I would say... Um, that you know things are just going to fall into place there's no need to be uh, anxious about um, you know what you're going to work who you're going to be with who um, whether you're going to you know whether you're going to get a, a, a modeling whatever you know at the end of the day it's mm-hmm. just going to fall into place like you know when things are meant to be they will just happen for you like this thing was meant to be my job was meant to be, Vogue was meant to be, yeah. you know, things just fall into place. So no need to like, much. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't need stress. to think so much, do stress, like just like, yeah, overthink, right? Just <laughs> Yeah, actually, I, I would say I'm actually quite an anxious person. Even as I'm saying this mm-hmm. right now, I am still like, like, you know, I can be giving this advice, but you know, like, Three weeks later, I'll be like, oh my God. Understand. Yeah. Understand. But yes. at yeah. the same time, totally. I feel that, I think what God does is that God sometimes just shows you like when things fall into place, how easy they are and how how meant to be they feel or like just how how things are just so smooth and there's no need to like much um, PK or like go like, oh my God, is this... Is, oh, oh what am I supposed to do what am I supposed to think like okay how do I feel like okay like you know? but when when things are meant to be it is meant to be as cliched as it may be but yeah things will fall into place okay uh, thank you once again Fahima for uh, joining our podcast mm-hmm. thank you so much thank you for having me 
we hope that uh, you are going to be uh, one of our oh, representatives oh, as Singapore's top model. Singapore, it's meant to be. Yeah, it's, it's meant, meant to be. Singapore's Like you know, I don't want to be a good modest model. Like, I want to be just a good model, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to be like, oh, for mm-hmm. a modest model, she's good, but it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. No. no. Yeah, yeah, Strip yeah. all the labels, yeah. Exactly. I think you should be as carefree and as you as possible. Yeah. Because I think that's what's important, I think, lah. Yeah. I mean, like, I... I <laughs> I think, I think like the 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 advice like just be yourself like it's I mean like yeah just be yourself if it's like if you're good but like you know don't be yourself if you're like kind of like shitty yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you might be the better version of yourself yeah exactly. it's like come on just be yourself oh I'm a lipper <laughs> it's just me man you <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so thanks okay, for having thank me. Thank you girls. so much, Fahima. No uh, worries. Thank you so much. We hope to see you in your model journey and for your speech, for your, uh, speech therapist journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that you would travel so much more in the following years, inshallah. Yeah, I mean, oh my god, COVID, go away. Yes. And I'll see you more in the billboards. Yeah. Uh, you too. Uh, uh, make, sure, make sure they pay you, uh, please. Uh. <laughs> next time, next time. <laughs> Contract to Canada. Okay, yeah. Thank you so much. Alright, no worries. Okay, bye guys. Bye. Alright guys, thanks for listening. So we'll see you on the next episode. Don't forget to give us a shout out on anchor.fm slash the Halal Travel Podcast. Your voice message could be featured in our next episode. Yup, and if you have any advertising and collaboration opportunities, contact us at info at halaltrip.com. That's I-N-F-O at H-A-L-A-L-T-R-I-P dot com. Also, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Halal Trip. We're also now on Telegram and TikTok. Until next time, get inspired, go and inspire others.